And so this morning, I want us to turn our attention back to Romans, Romans chapter 12. And this has been a, a continuous series. It's been a broken series because we've had Easter and some other one-off messages that the Lord has kind of given me and shown me of where to be. But I find it no coincidence that we find ourselves in Romans today. We find ourselves back there, Romans chapter 12. I simply want to look at one verse. Remember too, by the way, of, of just recalling you to remember this morning, that's also why we gather. We call us to remember. We're going through a series of the marks of a true Christian, the marks of a true believer. And what we see here in this passage, as Paul begins to write, it's really just the continuation of the overflow of his heart as he pens these sentences. And it's almost like just a run-on sentence because he's like he starts and he just begins to talk about what it means to be a true believer. And so here today, we're, we're going to look at one verse and, and begin to talk about what that looks like. And, and as we look into God's Word, what do we have to do? We, we wanna, sometimes we want to look into God's Word and we want to look around and say, man, he isn't living the way he's supposed to be living. Oh, she isn't doing that. No, friends. How about when we look into what thus saith the word of God, we're, it's like a mirror looking, and we're looking back at ourselves. We have to evaluate ourselves and our lives and our faith journey, not anybody else's but our own. So this morning I want you to look with me in chapter 12, just one simple verse today. Right here in the midst of this, Paul gives us these words. He says, Rejoice with those who rejoice. And weep with those who weep. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the privilege to stand and proclaim it. Father, I pray now that you speak to our hearts. Help us to connect the dots of our faith and live it out obediently. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Listen, we, we gather to worship, we gather to pray, we learn to, to learn to grow and to encourage one another. And as I thought back on this verse, just one simple line, one simple thought, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. I immediately went back to a story that Austin and I recently heard of a pastor in Louisville, Kentucky, and he talked about a prayer service in which they would come together, and in that particular prayer service, there were two couples, there were two families that had come together, and they were praying because there was an issue with infertility. And they were trying to get pregnant. And so he, they, they, those families of those churches knew that. And, and they were praying that the Lord's will be done in the lives of those families. One day that pastor said they got there for their prayer meeting. And, and he stood up and, and they began to talk about their prayer requests. And they began to, to celebrate, right? That's what we're to do. We're to praise God for what he's done. But we're also to look to him for hope and for comfort, for healing. And, and so that particular service, they, they, they were talking about things that they celebrated. And, and the one couple, they stood up and, and they were like, we're pregnant. Man, and there was a clap. But then all of a sudden there was a shift. And the ones in the room remembered the other couple. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. In that moment, as they were rejoicing for that one family that was finally going to have a child, they remembered the other family that they were fervently praying for that wasn't to that stage yet. And that pastor said something happened that, that during that prayer service that he'll never forget. I'll never forget that story and how timely it was that I was able to share it so soon. He said that husband that was celebrating the fact that he was going to be a daddy, he said, let me pray for that other father. 
Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Can, can you imagine that other father as he stood to pray? What he would have said. Because he could identify. He knew what that other father was longing for. He knew the agony of, of going to doctor's appointments and trying to make sure calendars lined up and just hoping and praying that they would have a child. I can't imagine that time of prayer that they had. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Ecclesiastes tells us the first eight verses, but specifically verse 4, what, there is a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. Friends, can I remind you of something this morning? Belonging to the body of Christ, belonging to his bride, his church, means that everything isn't about you. Everything isn't about you. That we have to look around and see and hear those around us. We've got to ask, we've got to pray and say, Lord, help me to see you. Help me to see how you're working around me. Help me to to just be still. Help me to to see those around me that are hurting and, and those that I need to pray for. You know, one of the things I've told you as we've gone through this series of the marks of a true believer is that we haven't learned to love like Jesus until we can look past the surface and see what he sees. I think that's all too important this morning that we need to remember. I think it's also coming in as we come together to gather, whether it's a service like this, whether it's a prayer meeting, whether it's, you know, seeing someone out in the community, are are we seeing what's happening in the lives around us? Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Now, I kind of, I made a list. (laughs) I got that honest from my mom. As we talked about earlier, she loves to make lists, and then sometimes she can't remember what she did with the list. So I guess she makes another list. Maybe that list is better than the first. I don't know. But listen, I made two lists, and as we, I want you to think this morning, and as we think on this notion of rejoicing with those who rejoice and weeping with those who weep, what what are some things that happen in our lives? Well, first off, someone may get a promotion. Someone may lose their job. Someone may get married. We, we've seen that. We've seen that in, in the folks here at Bethel in our second service. We've had some recently that gotten married. But also we have what? We have some that are experiencing marital problems. Some that are on the brink of divorce. Sorry, I just told you what. There's some that have gotten pregnant. Some that have experienced a miscarriage. Can I stop right there this morning and and remind you as we celebrate Mother's Day, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Today is a day of celebration, but it's also a day of, of mourning. It's also a day of remembering those around us. Friends, there are mothers in your path who no longer have their children. There are children, and in and, and, and the second service this morning especially, I know there, there are ones, and even in this service too, they're experiencing their first Mother's Day without their mother. There are mothers out there that cannot get pregnant. They so desire to be a mother, but it just hasn't happened yet. 
There are those that, that have a strange, a strange relationship with their mother. They, they, don't, they can't pick up the phone and, and have a conversation and, and have a joyful day because of their mom. They're, they're, it's an estranged relationship. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Think about rejoicing. What did we talk about on the screen just a few minutes ago? Alex Key, that's a, a next step. That's something worth rejoicing. But then, friends, there's something worth weeping. There's the one who falls into sin that falls into rebellion. There's birth and death. There's test results, right? Sometimes you get test results, you rejoice. Sometimes you get them and not so much. Later this month, we'll celebrate our graduates. But again, there are some that are failing. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Listen, I think the one thing I I want you to take away from this message today is this. I think we struggle with rejoicing with those who rejoice and weeping with those who weep because of two key words. Envy and empathy. Envy and empathy. So let's talk about that for just a moment. Let's talk about rejoicing. What does it mean to rejoice? It means to be glad. It means for there to be joy. When you walk around on Sunday mornings, is there joy present in the lives of those in front of you? Weep. You know what it means to weep. There's, there's mourning. There's tears. But I told you this morning that two things get in the way of that. It's envy and empathy. So what is envy? So for me, this is what happens a lot of times when I'm studying is I went from empathy to sympathy and began to study the difference of those two. So just hang tight for a moment. So envy, what is envy? It's a painful or resentful awareness of an advantage enjoyed by another Joined with a desire to possess the same advantage. Can you truly rejoice with those who are rejoicing? Are you too envious? Are you too jealous that they got something that you didn't? Friends, as we look this morning, the mark of a true believer is that we should be able to rejoice with those who rejoice. empathy. It's understanding. It's being aware of. It's sensitive to the thoughts and the feelings and experiences of others. There's some of this in in this room. If we were to take a poll, and I've been around some of you, some of you are more empathetic than others. I didn't say pathetic. I said empathetic. Empathetic. There's some of you that are more empathetic than others. I praise God. I know where I'm at on the empathy scale. And I'm thankful that I have people in my lives that that have a little bit more empathy than I do. Do you know that? And so just you have to be mindful of those around you. As we begin to study that sympathy and empathy, they're close, but they're not synonymous. Listen to this. Sympathy, listen, sympathy is when you share the feelings of another. Empathy, on the other hand, is when you understand the feelings of another but do not necessarily share them. It means having the capacity to imagine the feelings that one does not actually have. Sympathy involves understanding from your own perspective. 
Listen, you, you, this is an interesting study for me. Empathy, and, and you've heard this phrase as soon as I throw it out, you're going to say, oh, yeah, I would have said that. Empathy involves putting yourself, what, in the other person's shoes and understanding the why that they may have these particular feelings. Sympathy is sharing. Empathy is understanding. Listen. Just two simple thoughts that I wrote in my notes. We can't rejoice with others because we're jealous. They have obtained what we only wish we could. They have something we don't. And as I've taught my children, and I want to remind you this morning, sometimes when somebody has something that you want that you don't have, can I remind you this this morning? They have the bill to go along with it. (laughs) Right? Everything that glitters is not gold. Everything that they have, they, they have that bill that goes along with it. I, hey, I gladly drive a beat-up 2007 Honda Odyssey that only one window rolls down. And, you know, my air condition is that one window and me hanging my arm out the window. I gladly drive that Y. And I laugh all the way to the bank. I don't owe it a dime for it. It's paid for so, I, I, hey, I could celebrate that somebody just got a brand new Denali or a brand new Pathfinder or a brand new whatever. Hey, that good for you. Enjoy the taxes and enjoy that bill when it comes. Amen? We can't weep because we become calloused. We haven't processed or prayed through our own hurts and pains much less are in a position to help someone else do the same. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Friends, I think we've become calloused. When was the last time that someone shared something that they were going through in their lives and and you wept with them of what they're going through? It's not just patting them on the back and saying some comforting words and running the opposite way. It's being present and being patient. Hold on to that word present for just a moment. So how do we live this out? How do you apply this verse? Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. How do you apply this to your life? Listen, it's not about being in everyone else's business. No, far be it from that. It's being able to see and hear what others around us are going through. It's having emotional intelligence. It's it's coming into a situation and not always being ready to share your story, but to listen and to see what the other person is going through. It's to love and to pray and to walk alongside them. It's sympathizing with them and trying to understand their perspective. I want to give you just three examples from the Word this morning and and three thoughts of how we might live this out. Maybe you need to be present. Turn with me in the Old Testament to the book of Job. Job's sandwiched between Esther and the book of Psalms. So turn there this morning. I want you to see a very interesting passage, after Satan attacks Job's health, we see in Job chapter 2, starting verse 11, we see 
something about Job's three friends. Now, when Job's three friends heard of all this evil that had come upon them, they came each from his own place, Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuttite, and Zophar the Namathite. They made an appointment together to come show him sympathy and comfort him. And when they saw him from a distance, listen, they did not recognize him. And they raised their voices and wept, and they tore their robes and sprinkled dust on their heads towards heaven. And they sat with him, listen, on the ground seven days and seven nights, and no one spoke a word to him, for they saw that his suffering was great. Friends, there's a time in our lives that we need to rejoice with those who rejoice, and we need to weep with those who are weeping. Job's friends, they came and sat with him. Sometimes it's not always having something to say. It's just being present. So we can live this out. We can rejoice with those who rejoice. We can Weep with those who weep by being present in their lives. Turn back over to the New Testament and let's remember Jesus. As I think about Jesus this morning, as I think about those who, who weep especially, who maybe we're weak and, and we're weeping, I think about what Scripture tells us what, that he can sympathize with our weakness. Turn to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 4. Between Philemon and James. Hebrews chapter 4. Look with me starting in verse 14. It talks about Jesus, the great high priest. Since, the, since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Listen. For we do not have a priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Verse 16, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the times of need. We, friends, we need to just sometimes show up and be present. And then secondly, we need to look to Jesus and to remember Jesus if we're the ones going through that. So not only are we to be present, not only are we to remember Jesus that he can sympathize with our weakness, so we need to remember that, but we also need to do what? Remind others that he can do that for them. And then last but not least, I want you to look, I want you to turn back to Philippians. I want you to turn back to Philippians chapter 2. Between Ephesians and Colossians, Philippians chapter 2. This falls under the heading of Christ's example of humility. So I want to remind you this morning, be like Jesus. Amen? I mean, we, we, as we talk about, that's who we came here this morning to, to, to make much of Jesus, not of ourselves. Be present, remember Jesus, and be like Jesus. Look at Christ's example of humility that we find here in the letter to the church at Philippi. 
Paul writes these words under inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He says, So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affliction and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Verse 3, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also the interest of others. We're to focus on others. We, we talked about this morning that we're to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Rejoicing means joy. Think of the word joy this morning. If you know nothing more than to pray this this coming week is to pray that you may have joy. And the way that you can have joy is this, that you pray and you thank Jesus for who he is. Then you begin to pray for others and, and the needs that you know in their lives. Then you pray for yourself. J-O-Y. Jesus, others, and you. Pray that. And as I close this morning, I want to just simply remind you of of two thoughts that I thought of from Shauna Nyquist, her book, Present Over Perfect. What do we say? It's not just patting someone on the back. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, brother. I'm praying for you. Come on. How many of you? I mean, tell the truth. Stay in church. When people start talking about what's going on in their lives, sometimes we can't get away quick enough. What does Scripture say we're to do? We're to rejoice with those who rejoice. We're to weep with those who weep. We're to be present. We're to be patient. So Shauna Nyquist in her book, Present Over Perfect, Leaving Behind a Frantic for Simpler and More Soulful Way of Living. Listen to two thoughts from her book. Present, and this was the gist of it, being present over perfect. As believers, we're never going to be perfect. Amen. So if you hear nothing else I say this morning, we're, we're, to, we're to strive to be like Jesus. We're to strive to be perfect. But I'm sorry to tell you that we're never going to reach that this side of glory. So, like, remove that weight from you right now. It doesn't mean you get a pass to do and say whatever you want to do. But if you're seeking him, he's going to make you more like him. And that's okay. You're never going to be perfect. It's not about us being perfect. It's about us chasing after the one who is perfect. So present over perfect is this, Sean and I quest says, about rejecting the myth that every day is a new opportunity to prove our worth. And about the truth that our worth is inherent, given by God, not earned by our hustling. It's not, a, it's not a new opportunity to prove our worth, but it's about the truth that our worth is inherent, that it is given by God, and it's not earned by our hustling. Listen, she said this, and I, I hope you remember these words. It is better to be loved than admired. It is better to be truly known and seen and taken care of by a small tribe than adored by strangers who think they know you in a meaningful way. Friends, it's about what I showed you that picture of, of those three grown men getting around a table, opening their Bible, doing life together, standing in the gap for one another, 
praying for one another, loving one another, encouraging one another, pointing them to where their hope comes from. And friends, I bet you in within that seven to eight weeks they're together, and Lord willing, they'll be together longer than that. There are going to be times that they come together and they will rejoice and they will weep. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you. Thank you for your example. I thank you for Paul who penned these words, Lord, some 2,000 years ago, that they're still encouraging us. They're still sharpening us. They're still challenging us to go deeper in our faith with you. And so, Father, I pray this morning that as we leave this place, may we go out and slow down. Father, give us eyes to see, ears to hear the people that you place in our path, that you place in front of us. Father, may we be present and patient. Father, I pray this week that we would rejoice with those who rejoice. We would weep with those who weep. That we would model Christ. That we would love like Christ. That we would lead like Christ in our homes, in our workplaces, in our community. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you, Father, that you can sympathize with us and our weaknesses, that you know pain. Father, maybe there's one here this morning that just needs to be still with you. I pray that they would, and that your spirit would speak into their lives, into their hearts, and they would be reminded of whose they are and who is in control. Father, I pray now as we leave, May the peace of God that surpasses all understanding guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until we return again. For it's in his holy and precious name we pray. Amen.